Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. I'm in a real good mood today. Yes, wonderful mood today. Well, I know if you're feeling weird out there, hey, these transits are really shaky. If you were born in the 40s or the 50s, congratulations, because these cardinal transits are just twilight zone. I don't know, has anybody been feeling weird out there lately? Yeah, makes you feel like going to sleep and never coming back. Well, I'm writing a book. Actually, I'm not. I'm not. Today, we're going to do a topic on the birth experience, one I haven't done in quite a long time. Today's topic, we're going to discuss what I feel goes on just prior to birth, the setup of the natal chart and the family, and the birth experience or the birth environment, and how we qualify or create the planets that we earn in our chart and such. So that's going to be interesting. And also, all things connected with life experience. So I think it's going to be a fun topic. Welcome to the Astrology Hour. Hey, I'd like to know if anybody out there is feeling down or, or depressed or lonely or insecure or uncentered or emotional or oversensitive. Anybody with Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, or Aries planets around 8 to 12. Bingo, you're getting a major zap right now. And it's from squares and T-squares and oppositions and grand squares, which are quite unsettling, especially for personal relationships and financial matters. Or, you know what it is? I call this the skin crawl transit, <laughs> where you just seem to be in the bathtub all day long. <laughs> it doesn't help. You need to be uh, underwater somewhere and just <laughs> give me a tube so I can breathe and put me under the water for a few months and I'll be okay. Actually, even when I have a transit like this, even I have to go to work, you know, and even though I have to get to work by 12 noon, it's still, God says, Farley, you get to work because people out there are all having this transit, and even though you were up at 4.30 in the morning till 7 and you shouldn't have had a breakfast and you had pancakes with syrup, which you shouldn't have, and it's laying on your chest right now and you don't feel like talking for two hours, you must get to work anyway, but, well, if I can do it, you can do it, right? None of this do one for the givers <laughs> business. Anyway. So, how are you doing? I hope you're having a good... Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Bizarre Edition of the Astrology Hour. We're doing the Sabian Symbols today, so in case you are interested in what your essence vibration of the degree of a planet in your chart is, and I'm interested in my 10 Libra today, because my Neptune's there, and it's being swatted by all these planets. My 10 Neptune in Libra says, A confrontation of ideals with self's image. You better believe that. An acceptance of the need for companionship, a realization of loneliness. Oh, my God, that just nailed it right on the head. Why I've been feeling so, so weird the last 24 hours. Gosh, this, now let's find out what happened to Farley before he was born. That's a good question. What did happen to him? A lot of stuff goes on, actually, prior to birth. Some people, some philosophies, some religions don't believe in reincarnation. Others do adhere to reincarnation principles. The entire Bible is laced with prophets saying that they'll be back. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie. I'll be back. These people are actually warning us and telling us the return of this, you know, Jesus 2, <laughs> you know, Elijah 3. You know. So we're actually warned even in the New Testament and in parts of the Old Testament. Of course, uh, many of the world's religions, like uh, Hinduism, for example, of course, definitely believe in reincarnation. They believe life should be based on the fact that you do, in fact, come back 
and your following lifetimes have much to do with the way you behave in current lifetimes, which are all connected to laws of karma, basically meaning what goes around comes around, whatever you, you sow, you reap, whatever is delivered in a particular lifetime will come back to you in either this current lifetime or a next lifetime, which means if you think it's cute to torture people in a lifetime, the next time you may be the victim, <laughs> you know, yourself. So uh, the world is, in fact, a reflection of your own past, if we take a look at life that way. Well, I believe that a lot of things go on. I believe that life is difficult, but death may also not be as easy as you think. I believe de the dying process is complicated, in fact. Just like people try to teach you, do you know how to live right? Believe it or not, there's a way to die properly, too, in my opinion, from what I have studied. Meaning that if you just die and you're not focusing or concentrating on anything particular, then you might not catch some of the signals that are going on around you as your soul escapes the body and the body hardens and rigor mortis sets in. The soul is finally freed. It is confronted with several choices. Isn't it amazing that we live a whole life cycle here on Earth with thousands, millions, and millions of choices? There's a reason for that, because right at death, we are confronted with the big choice to make. So obviously, when you die, my first suggestion to you is if you see the light, which you probably will, go into it, because that is the first way to bridge the gap, the limbo gap, or what we call the area of lost souls, where right at death, you are given the option to go into the light and into the Akashic stream when you do plug into your higher self and your higher mind, where the sum total of all of your experiences, all the words, and all the thoughts you ever said for this or any lifetime are recorded and held. And at that point, you can review the sum total uh, growth or evolution, if any, you had experienced in the immediate lifetime. The mistake a lot of souls make is that they're atheists or that they're stoned or they're drunk or they've just had a traumatic occurrence at death and they're not aware of these choices. And when the light is offered to them, they sometimes miss the option to go into the light, which does not last forever. It's a very brief option. And it is my opinion or suggestion that we jettison ourselves into the light or run as quickly as possible into it while it is there. Well, hopefully you make that right choice and you're not lost in the limbo plane, which is actually a non-physical plane on Earth. But if you do go into the light and when you do go into the light, you plug into this Akashic stream. And at that point, it's like you are literally bathed with consciousness. Tons of it. Tons of consciousness bathes your soul and you become aware of who and what you really are through an eternal glimpse of third dimensional existence. Well, a lot of these things that go on beyond the third dimension are a very natural state of growth and evolution. Very, very natural, meaning it's like breathing in this state. It's like sleeping, or it's like any natural biological process we might go through is what we call a natural cosmic process that you might go through at death, meaning that your soul actually goes through what we call a self-judgment. A lot of people believe they're going to be judged by God when they leave this life. Well, considering that you are plugged in to the God self, that is true, because it is a self-judgment that goes on. And this higher part of yourself is very humble and very selfless and very justice-oriented and actually very logical and practical in choices concerning what the next step is. Now, the next step after death, and, and after this review, obviously, is a major choice as to whether... The individual soul particle or the individual terminal of God, meaning ourselves, is qualified to go beyond the earth plane of existence. Aha, that's number one. First thing the soul says is, well, how do you feel? Do you feel like you need to put the jacket of life on again? Or can you toss this jacket away and say, I'm out of here, buddy? A lot of times, of course, the deciding factor as to whether we will reincarnate or not, come back to life on earth, has a lot to do 
with whether or not there are a lot of debts owed. And I'm not talking about money either. I'm talking about if you've stepped on some toes, including your own toes, or if you have abused this dimension and your soul is aware that there are lessons that are yet to be learned, like obviously a murderer that goes into the light and goes through this review will obviously probably decide on a quick reincarnation, almost an instant one, because it's aware of some of the errors that were just made. At least hopefully that will be the case. At the same time, I do believe that this God force that controls the whole thing is a just force and a merciful force. And I do believe that even though a soul has overcome the entire pull of this dimension, that a single cause or a single reason why an individual may come back to this plane of existence would be out of total compassion. So for that reason, everyone that is born on earth is not born with past life karma. However, the moment they are born, they start to incur negative karma if they're not careful. Because once you make the choice to be human or animal or vegetable or whatever you decide to incarnate as, you subject yourself to the pain and to the debit and credit structure of the karma dharma system that goes on in this dimension. Now, what happens, a lot of people sit there and they think, well, Farley, when you're doing this soul review and when you're deciding on which karmic areas you want to focus on, and which people you want to incarnate to as parents. See, like, you go through a big review that might seem complicated to the human mind, but to the soul, to the higher mind, it's a natural process. It's just like the waves in the ocean. It's just like the tides. It seems like that we gravitate, or we are magnetically attracted to a certain birth point, a certain environment, a certain set of people where we would evolve to our highest karmic good. And like I say, these birth point qualifications occur all the time because people are having sex constantly and creating the option for human vehicles to incarnate on this planet on a regular basis with 5 billion people on Earth and many of them making love without protection, of course. If they're fertile, then you're going to have a lot of pregnancies and there's lots of souls out there going, well, there's one coming up in Detroit in about 10 minutes and there's an, it's like catching a plane, you know, <laughs> except in the soul sense, you don't have to go anywhere. It's at the speed of thought. So you can manifest an existence just by actually using the power of your mind beyond this plane or beyond this realm to manifest that that's where you want to go. See, like a lot of people think that we sit down at a draft board and draw ourselves a big chart and go, well, I need a Libra rising 20 and I need a Virgo sun at 10 and I need one of these Capricorn moons at 17. I don't believe that's how it works because I believe that the higher mind is beyond the necessity of sitting down and drawing out exactly what kind of life cycle or life situation or life experience you're about to go through. Like I say again, I do believe that this astrological effect is a natural effect. It's a natural rhythm, a natural qualification that we as humans may want to analyze or figure out because in our current state, it would seem a little bit more complex or complicated to us. But karma is a very natural rhythm that we would adhere to exactly the type of karmic vibration that would be best suited for our souls. You see, the third dimension, the earth plane, is a magnificent cosmic engine. And the stars and the galaxies that we sense and the planets that we sense in this particular Earth system are like pistons in a major engine. And when anything is brought to life or is animated or is created or seeds are planted or anything is conceived on this planet, it receives a burst or a cosmic impulse from the universe that courses through the dimension to Earth and through the planets. And each planet is like a vital organ of our own vision, our own manifestation of life. So that is why when we look at our system of life and life as we know it on Earth, that we can use the planets in this system to help describe and analyze and understand life as we know it.
Because what I believe what happens is I believe that before a baby is born, it keeps losing more of its oneness. In other words, to separate itself from higher realms of existence beyond Earth, it needs to be one with that realm where it's at, then it needs to feel one with this realm, the entire third dimensional realm, and then its consciousness is reduced and restricted down to being one with the realm, one with the dimension, the third dimension itself, so we actually become the entire third dimension prior to conception or whenever the soul does enter the baby, which is a questionable point. And then we actually become one with the galaxy and one with the solar system and then one with the earth and then finally one with the baby, which is the final uniqueness or the final imprint. Actually, we're one with the mother and the baby as our last step off from the oneness. And then when the baby is born and the baby starts breathing and cries, then it is finally separate and alone. That's probably why a lot of babies are crying at birth because it actually could be assumed or logically assimilated to be extremely painful to lose that oneness from the higher realms down to this realm, the third dimension. This is my personal opinion. I would love to have other opinions. If anyone has other opinions on the birth process, besides Jimmy Swaggart, perhaps, or anybody like that, that, I know Jimmy doesn't listen to but I love Jimmy Swaggart, so if there's a Jimmy Swaggart fan out there, God bless him, you know. But, (laughs) But anyway, so what we're looking at here is a couple things could go on. Like when you go into this birth death review, what you're doing is you're setting up to either go beyond the earth plane and go into higher levels of existence, which would incorporate a totally different process of cosmic vibration, or the choice would be made to come back to earth. And this would either be an immediate choice, where it would be like catching a plane, where you need to immediately come back. Like right now, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of babies being born, so there is a big rush to be incarnated on earth right now, so it's not an accident that lots of souls are coming in right now, because it's a big important time, right? Or if that particular karma that you require is not just yet, if it does take a couple years for it to come down the line, then I'm sure your soul would be busy doing other things at higher realms until that qualification point did hit. But whatever happens when the baby does finally come out of the womb and the umbilical cord is cut and the baby is revived, then the highest optimum karmic potential is realized and assumed by the vibration we absorb from this universe as we literally become the universe and then are shrunk down to the individual. And that's why location of the moving parts of the universe, as far as our personal senses are concerned, which we talk about the moving planets, because most of the stars in the galaxies, from our point of view, are literally frozen in space. But the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are moving through the zodiac signs, so these appear to be the moving parts of the universe, from our point of view, are the moving pistons in the engine, and that's why location of these planets in space, or what we call the astrological birth chart, the natal chart, are of absolute critical import at birth because the baby literally absorbs to every cell of its cosmic structure and physical structure the location of these planets right at birth. Is this clear? Is this topic coming across pretty clear to you? Because I think it is an important topic to try to explain why astrology is so important as far as the birth process is concerned. Okay, this birth process, let's talk about some real Farley opinion here. I think that the birth process is a lot more complicated than a lot of people think. Let me present you with some of my options that I am personally aware of. Number one, you could blow your humanity completely. Depending on your karmic state and the astrological necessities doesn't mean you even have to come back to the earth plane. Rumor has it in some religions and philosophies on this planet believe in a lower plane of existence that historically has been referred to as hell It just happens to be a more hellish existence than is possible on Earth. Granted, there are hellish existence possible on Earth, 
If you blow your human potential on this planet, if you're like a Hitler type, you totally blow your karma, then you may be subjected to living in a lower plane of existence, a different kind of planetary state. Other options could create an extraterrestrial existence where you might not be necessary for your soul to manifest on Earth. Maybe you'll be more comfortable or your karmic state has brought you on the road where you will manifest or incarnate in a different planetary system, totally different, like E.T.'s planet. Hopefully not the alien's planet, (laughs) but a different kind of planetary existence, totally. Some people actually believe, coming back, the science of reincarnation talks about transmigration of the souls or the belief in the philosophy that the God particle is so powerful it can manifest whatever is necessary that might require an animal state of existence, meaning that if you blow your karma and you stay on Earth, you might come back as an animal, or animals could come back as people. This is a very hypothetical and controversial area of discussion, but still I want it to be known and understood that animals and anything, even insects that are born or incarnated on the Earth system in the Earth plane, will also have an astrological effect. There's an astrological energy attached to any birth or new beginning, whatever it is, even an idea. And of course, a lot of us create a lot more difficult life lessons, even immediate life lessons. Sometimes you'll see these children, God forbid, of course, born with birth defects or childhood diseases. There's the stillborn situations, the Siamese twins, just almost bizarre life situations that go on that a lot of people will always question, say, why is this, Farley? None of it seems right or merciful or necessary or or any of that. Gosh, how does one explain the complexities of karma when you get really deep into the history of Earth and exactly what has gone on in this planet for the last 20, 30,000 years? Who knows what some people have done? Who knows how many lifetimes some souls are trying to absolve? Maybe every time you have a lifetime, and you die, your soul goes, nope, that's not right. Another one, nope, didn't do it that time. Nope, making the same mistake, Farley, over and over again. You're still obsessed with beautiful women, and you're still obsessed with, with all this empire and stuff, whatever it is. So you have to keep coming back with the same karma, trying to work out relationships and money and all that stuff, which a lot of us are pulled to. And many times we incorporate 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 lifetimes in the focus of one particular birth, one life cycle. And hence, a lot of our charts that are severely afflicted with multiple squares and oppositions on one or two planets, poorly aspected Venuses and Marses, poorly placed Saturns and such, which create overdose of karma, overdose of karma with money, with women, with love, with men, with relationships, with career, seeming like even if you do have the power of mind, the power of God in control, seems still difficult or near impossible to try to overcome what some of the karma is. That's why trying to fit all your desires and all your wishes and all your wants and all your selfish behavior in one lifetime does seem to be rather impossible. But I do believe that there is a method to the madness and that this universe is based on a rhythm and on definite positive and negative cycles. And it is up to us always to remember to radiate the light, to radiate the love, and try to radiate the positive to cut down the negatives, to create more growth, to create more expansion, more evolution, more comfort, and less pain. So obviously a good show to have in your library as far as understanding my opinion on the birth process, life, death, and evolution of the soul connected with the human existence and this dimension. Okay, and with that, we are ready to go right to the phones. Well, Sherry has been nice enough to hold for a long time, so let's go right to her. June 22nd, 58, Leo Rising, how are you? Hi, how are you? Real good. I just called for a general forecast. 
You did? Did you listen to the topic? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Did it make sense to you? Uh-huh. Do you remember actually going through that cycle before birth? No. I do. <laughs> That's where I got the topic. Okay.、Yeah. What's happening in your life? Are you happy right now? Yeah, better than I was before. On a zero to ten, ten being extremely happy, how happy are you? About a seven. Not bad, not bad. You know, whenever I hear anybody six or higher, I go congratulations. I actually give every day a number. Yeah. So that could be fun. Jupiter has been sitting on your Venus in Gemini. Has anything been happening as far as like you overdoing things lately? Yeah, there are a lot of projects going. Too many projects, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to try and focus a little bit more, and that might help you. At the same time, you are shown tremendous realization of goals right now because you're going through a long transit. It's called a Mars trine Uranus.、Mm-hmm. Lasts about five months, so you're shown new friends coming in and lots of accomplishment in your life. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Patrick's on a car phone, so I want to go to him, and he's a Leo Aries rising. Hey, Patrick. Hello. How are you? Where are you?、Uh, I'm on La Brea. How's the traffic? It's pretty thick. West Hollywood. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what can we do for you, guy? I was wondering if I could have a general scan to see what the solar return looks like. Oh, that's right. Your birthday's today. Right. Let's take a look at the solar return for you today to see what the year looks like. And I love that Mercury is trying Neptune. That is one of the better spiritual aspects for Mercury and Neptune for the year. And I also love that Venus is also exactly trying Pluto, and that's one of the best aspects between Venus and Pluto all year. So for creativity and for finances and for spiritual growth, that is excellent. Mars is square Venus and T square Neptune. Venus is opposed Neptune. So if there's any stress for you this year, it'll be on over concern or worry with personal relationships、uh-huh. or lack of them.、Uh-huh. Okay, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Selena, her sister is an Aries. Question about the sister? Oh yeah, her birthday. Have you got it? Yeah, I've got her birthday. You gave it to Marilyn, so、yes. it goes right to me. Yes.、Yeah. What's your question? Can you give her a general scan? Is she listening? No, she's in Australia, Sydney. She's in Sydney. Yeah. Oh, I know some people going to Australia. You know? Oh no, she's staying there. She lived there. Oh, she does live there. Yeah. Has she been okay lately? Has she had any problems? No, not that okay. This morning she called me. She was depressed. She cried. Yeah, I could see why. Yeah, she's having a Jupiter. Sitting on her Venus opposed her Saturn, and that is depression, and it could be connected with finances or loneliness. Oh, what's her problem? Probably loneliness, I suppose. Yeah, she's also got a Pisces moon square her Venus, so she might be having either a problem sleeping, or maybe some unrest when she does sleep, like nightmares, perhaps. Maybe you should send her a couple of crystals. Oh, send her crystal. Oh, yeah, that might help. Yeah. Tell her to sleep with them, okay? Oh, all right. Okay, thank you. How how long will it take her to get over it? Can you see? That's up to her. <laughs> I see. But whenever a person is depressed, the logical thing to do is to kind of fight your way out of it and find things that make you happy and and expound upon them. Okay, Selena. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Polly. Bye. Bye. Ross, are you there? That's me. How you doing, Ross? Hi. September twenty second, nineteen twenty seven. Yeah, you always say the year, and that may have. Okay, nineteen eighty seven. You're one years old, guy. <laughs> Scorpio rising. Yeah, never did my Sabian symbol here, and、uh, I was wondering if I could violate your rules and ask for my wife also. Sure. Are you kidding? For you, guy, no problem. <laughs> I get magnificent spiritual support from you. I can feel it. <laughs> It's coming through the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that was another question. You know, I I rush in from meetings here because I listen to work and I I record your shows. But you're so fast for that news thing about the positions for today. 
Is there a way you could repeat those at the end of the show also, just in case we miss them? Well, you see, I like to keep the shows as generic as possible, and that way I don't like to mention too many dates or times. The reason why I do the planets at the beginning of the show is in case I'm sick or on vacation, when I play these shows again, they sound pretty live. Yeah, right. See, that's why you got to get there at 12 noon. And I also, that's my way of teasing people to get them to tune in early. (laughs) See, it's like gestalt, you know? Yeah, right. Okay, for Scorpio, a spiritual awakening begins, assertive moves needed in asserting individuality, participation needed in social ceremony. What's your wife's? 27 Virgo, four. And you two get along, huh? (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, 27. Virgo rising and Scorpio, right? Can't you keep up with you? No. Uh, is that depressing? Yes. <laughs> Gosh, poor Ross. I thought I had a rough. <laughs> Next time I say my prayers, I'll include you in them. Thanks. <laughs> okay, 27 Virgo rising. I almost married a Virgo rising once. Yeah. Then God said, hold on a minute, Farley. Yeah, I didn't know that way back 37 years ago. Though. <laughs> a search for refinement, a study of the needs of society regarding cultural and moral values. Can you believe that? Mm. A lessening of feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. That's her. Oh, that's great. Okay, guy. Hey, uh, when you say the Scorpio rising like today is, or the rising sign today is Scorpio. That's if a baby's born right at 12 noon. Okay. That's oh. where the rising is. Right. That means that's the sign that's on the ascendant at that moment. Okay. Like it's gone to right around Scorpio 10 by now. Great. Well, I've done a lot of reading. I'm trying to catch up with you. I never will, but at least I'm understanding you better now. Well, you got a deadline. You have to start doing charts professionally within 30 days. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Let's go to Lily now, the Pisces, Taurus rising. Hi, Lil. Hi, how are you doing, Farley? Hi, Lily. Hi, Lily. Hi, Lo. Hi, Lo. I'm doing better now that you call. I needed a name like that. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> you, you've got it. I'm waiting for a froggy to call now. Okay. All right. Okay, right. Ribbit. Okay, what can we do for you? Well, I just thought that I would comment on um, your topic today. All right. Yeah. Little little input. Yeah. More input. Uh, I wonder, I've heard you speak about abortion before. I've heard you talk about that. And I wonder if you'd ever considered that maybe some souls simply needed that amount of time in the womb. Yeah, sure. You know, like, I do believe that there's a reason for everything. And I do believe that not all souls are meant to be incarnated to certain human vehicles. Actually, you know, believe it or not, I do believe women are extremely intuitive. And I do believe that women will sense that this is not the right soul that is meant to be their child. Yeah. See, it's not an accident that a woman would choose abortion because a woman might say there and go, no, wait a minute, I might have a tiger inside of me here you know, or some situation that would prevent the life situation. And it's tough for me to be pro or con abortion because I don't know enough about it. You know, I just know that a lot of my female clients that have been through it have told me how painful it is physically and emotionally. So obviously the choice does have a lot of gravity, but a lot of these things that go on, the miscarriages and the stillborns and the such, that just happens to be the karma that the child was meant to experience. Much of the karma, of course, is laid upon the individuals that survive the baby or the miscarriage or the abortion. So karma's karma. It's like, I guess throughout history, there was a lot of bailing out, you know, where a lot of people were leaving one person and abandoning this one and abandoning that one. So whenever we have situations where the children don't come around, whether it's abortion, miscarriage, stillbirth, or whatever, then I'm sure it's some kind of payback. And some people don't like to hear that, but that's the only way I can live my life. I have to try to figure everything out and and create some kind of answer to things. 
because I do believe this God force does have balance. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So I thought I'd bring that up. Okay. And I would definitely like to know my Sabian symbol. Let's see. What is your Taurus rising? What degree? Uh, 18 degrees. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Bingo! No, okay. (laughs) 18 Taurus. I said that because it's opposed my moon. A realization of the mixture of good-bad within. A natural attunement to the recognition of predominance within. An effort to try to keep control. And that's you. It's the essence vibration of 18 Taurus, okay? Yeah. Have you worked in any big movies lately? Yeah, I worked on a great movie, Farley, that should be out, I guess, I don't know, maybe in a couple months. I'm not sure when they're going to release it. It's called The Big Picture. Really? What's it about? Well, it's about Hollywood. Really? And who's it starring? Well, Martin Short is in it. He plays a Hollywood agent. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very funny movie. It's made by the same people, a lot of them, who made Spinal Tap. I don't know if you saw that. (laughs) I saw it. I hate to say that I did see that. Christopher Guest directed it. Oh, good. Now, what did you do in in the movie? Uh, I'm a sound editor. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're able to listen to the show. You know, a lot of Hollywood listens to the show on the time off. Yeah. Especially the writers. They want to know, Farley, what's happening here? Well, the strike occurred during a moon wobble and seven retrograde planets. So I was like, oh, no, please don't strike. But they did it. And I went, well, this is going to take some time here, you know. Okay, thank you, Lily. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's go to Karen now, who's a Gemini, Aries Rising. Hi, Karen. Hi, Farley. Hey, cool. I'm on the radio. Hey, cool. Me too. How are you doing? I really like today's topic very much. Really? Did you remember when you were a baby? Yes, I can remember back to my first birthday and probably even prior to that. Wow. So I've got a pretty good memory for that, and the topic was one that always did interest me. I'm not sure if I'm understanding properly, though. Negative karma seems to be a natural consequence of being alive. As good as you try to be, you're always, I think, going to be incurring this negative karma. How do you get past that? How do you evolve higher? I know you have to be more godlike. This is the secret of life, my dear. (laughs) If I could know this answer to this question, I would be the Maharishi. (laughs) No, I do agree. It's sad but true that we are such magnificent beings, Mm -hmm. and to be reduced to an unused brain of a baby, which like has no memory, <laughs> and then literally almost be the product of our environment, all this input. As babies, we have a certain astrological charge, but at the same time, our parents create all this original input. Yeah. Like we don't have any control of our original choices when we are babies. We have no control from like, well, obviously until you're 18, you're pretty much under many of the desires of other people. Yeah. So that is why Childhood can be so difficult, and then when you finally do grow up to be over 18, you try to pull out of all that negative influence. The reason why karma is so intense, Karen, is because the original karma is with the parents and with the family and with the original environment we're born into. So we are really at their, you know, we are lost. We're totally beyond their influence, 100%. And that's where the karma comes in, because we have to first make a peace with this influence and then try to overcome it as we grow. So the karma with the parents, if it's not natural parents, it's whatever environment we're placed in, is so intense that makes up a big chunk of the lesson or the debt we have in any particular life force. Can you see that in perspective? You get what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like we're totally vulnerable <laughs> you know, to their desires and wants. And, and as parents, of course, they try to raise us best way they can. But it's like sitting there with a computer and just loading input into it. The computer is going to break down if you load the wrong input into it. And that's why child rearing is so critical spiritually. And that's why a lot of parents blow their karma when they raise their kids because they're selfish and they're manipulative and they're too aggressive or they're too strict with them and they freak the kids out. And then the kids find the best they can, but they're your parents. And, and then karmically, we. Why you got them too. Right. Karmically, our whole lifetime, 
we try to overcome any of the negatives we absorbed at birth. As soon as we're born, the parents are real excited about the baby, but the poor baby's totally vulnerable to their input. So it's pretty intense, I'll tell you. You're right. It's like, how the hell can you be born into a clear, positive environment that's karma-free? No way. Not on earth, you know? Even Jesus was born in a pretty hairy environment. Very true. So it's like, there's no way. Because there's no such thing as perfect parents because they wouldn't be alive. Because all people have karma or they wouldn't be alive. Does that help any? Yes, thank you very much. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, Farley. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, let's go to Susan now. Capricorn Scorpio Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. How are you? Oh, I'm doing much better. Whenever I'm on the radio, I feel 100% better. Well, you sound great today. Well, thanks. It took me a while to get up this morning. <laughs> I got up and went, wait a minute, I prefer the dream state to this stuff. <laughs> yeah? What I would like today is if you could give me a reading on my north node. Oh, you want to know what the essence vibration is? Yes. What sign and what house is it in? It's 9 Gemini in the 8th house. Okay, first let's go to the essence vibration. And this vibration would be interpreted as what you must accomplish in this life cycle prior to leaving this dimension. And first of all, in the eighth house, there's an intimate connection there. There's a connection with other people's assets, other people's property, with life and death and rebirth, the ability for you to learn to transform and let go. Uh And the nine Gemini degree says memory of prehistoric nature is evident. The need arises for supremacy over nature. The battle wages over outer boundaries of ego. Jeez. Okay, that's you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye.